At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 52 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, and you can follow us on X at Emerald Flow Show. And if you're feeling generous, you can donate to us at redcircle.com slash the dash emerald dash flow show. Um, I'm Gerard and I'm here with Paul. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Gerard. It's kind of hitting me right now that there are shows in Japan this month that I will be going to. Yes, <laughs> when do you read? <laughs> I'm leaving on the 28th of December, so I will be in Japan on the 29th. So oh, okay. there, are, there are a couple of shows there. I don't think I'm going to make any on the 29th, to be honest. Stardom's on the 29th, I believe. Yeah, start, like that's the big one. No, I'm like, ah, I think I don't think I'm going to make that one because I'm landing, I think, like only like slightly shortly before. Like, I think I'm landing at three and like it's like too close to the show starting for me to be able to make it, unfortunately. Right. And, and that... I mean, to be fair, I don't think I will get like a prime stardom show given that like 
half the roster is injured. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Um, so we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> and really, I think there's a really overarching theme that you can play a game of compare and contrast after everything we're about to discuss as well. And I know yeah. what everyone else wants to talk about, but we're starting with Noah. Yeah, I, I mean, we can just, I mean, if you just kind of like on a just anecdotal thing, if you just look at like the two channels on the Voice of Wrestling Discord, one is significantly more active now than the other. Well, I mean, in the last month, everyone started watching All Japan. Yes, I mean, but yeah. Or two. <laughs> there's, there's more evidence as well. Oh, no, no, I think we can back that up. Uh, well, first, because we're going to start with... Uh, we'll start with the Noah Corrigan Hall show from mm-hmm. November 24th in front of 801 fans. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not sort of surprised at this number, uh, given what no. we had. Um, I didn't watch, I only watched the top two matches from the show. Paul, was there anything on the undercard? Uh, I mean, don't I want to match? <laughs> we, we were oh, kind of debating, trend. right? If he would even win, the, like, if he would win against the young boy, what he did. So. There's that at least. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else on there? Uh, I mean, Hayatan, Ata with Leona. I mean, nothing good. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about the stuff I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's the best way of saying it. Okay. Like, I really on. didn't like Hayatan, Ata with Leona, Kai Fujimura. I mean, it was short, thankfully, but yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of nothing. Like, there was just kind of nothing there. And it, it now also makes sense. Like, we were wondering, like, Right, why are they booking Leona so much all of a sudden? But it made mm-hmm. sense because they put Fujinami in the main event of the Buddha control. <laughs> That's probably why Leona has been getting like so many bookings because I mean he's not even that bad these days, I don't think. No. Um, but he definitely doesn't get my excitement levels up, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um so is that's everything on the undercard then? Uh yeah, pretty much. Like I'm looking over it again, like see if anything like jokes my memory that I really wanted to talk about. And no, I don't think there's anything we need to waste time on here. Well, let's jump to the semi-main event where Jack Morris and Anthony Green defeated Masa Kidami and Daiki Anabe in 2054 to retain the GHC tag team titles. And honestly, you act, as much as we've been dunking on Noah for the last couple of minutes, mm-hmm. don't watch this match because it was pretty great, actually. Yeah. No, I mean, they are still really good wrestlers on the Noah roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, these four are really, really good. Like, I, I, what I will say about Jack, I kind of start to get a feeling that maybe he's a better tag worker than he is a singles worker. Yeah. Because I think I've, there's more tag matches that he's been in that I've liked than singles matches of his that I've liked. Well, we could talk about that in a minute when we get to the, that show with a singles match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this was really good though. I mean, yeah, I mean, Kitamiya and Inaba are like a really good team. I mean, you we're could argue that they're that. the most underrated team of 2022, uh, 2023. Yeah. You can't really put them in the conversation for tag team of the year, I don't think. No, but they absolutely delivered, uh, whenever they were out there. Yeah, and it really is a shame that like they don't get more chances to really show off by Noah. Like, I think they kind of like. They could do with like a really nice long title reign, but I mean, I'm also happy with keeping it on Morrison Green. Like, I think they're a good team too. Yeah. So, I mean, I I will really say like I think the tag team scene. I mean, it still is right. Like, it's always kind of been like the most consistent division in Noah in a way. Certainly in the last couple of years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 
like it's still like I think right now like the thing that actually like still keeps me interested in, in the promotion the most. Hmm. And um, yeah, I I thought Green was here. It was great in this too. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 He definitely. I think he has adapted really well. So I'm happy that he got this title reign and everything. And because when he brought it was brought in, I was like. I wasn't really sure how well he would adapt to Japan because mm-hmm. I knew he was a decent worker, but like, you, know, you never know. At first. Yeah, it definitely was. It, it definitely took him a little bit, but I think like he's really like figured out like what he needs to do to like get over and everything. And yeah, no, I think he's, he's one of the guys that I think Noah has actually done a really good job with over the last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got saved from the junior division. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kind of by accident, by like Thatcher having visa issues because they never, right? Because he challenged for the junior title, then they yeah. announced him for the N1 a day later because of Thatcher's visa issues. And then they just never moved him back down to junior. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the main event uh, for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, Daga defeated Shuji Kondo in 22-29 with the Diablo Wings to make his first defense. Honestly, I didn't think it was that bad it was perfectly fine maybe it went a little too long but like it wasn't like i don't know i i just expected it to be a lot more boring than it was and i think some people i saw some people saying that but i thought it was perfectly fine i mean i wouldn't you know say you have to go out and watch this but it was a perfectly acceptable match yeah i mean that really is the daga thing right that's like it's like if you want me to give you uh like a two-star match i'll give you a three-star match if you want me to give you a, a four-star match, I'll give you a three-star match. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I also saw people being out there being like, this is like the most boring thing ever. But I mean, we've just been through some very long high terrains and there are yeah. some like endless boring matches. And the those. crowd and this... was pretty hot for this too. Yeah. That they true. were behind Kondo. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't shock me. I mean, Daga is very clearly healed. So, yeah. No, I mean, like I said, yeah, I also kind of went into this like, I mean, and maybe that helped because I went in with such low expectations that then it was actually just kind of an okay match. Uh, but yeah, I, again, with all of that said, I think it's still not something you need to go out of a way out of your way to watch, though. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. Like I like maybe three and a half at best yeah. type thing, but it wasn't like mind-numbingly boring or anything. Um, so from there, we go to Monday Magic episode four, and uh, I didn't watch every match on this show. Uh, Paul, did you? Um, yeah, I actually did watch uh, everything on the so, show as well. Uh, I did not see the first two matches or the women's match. Okay, so the first two matches and the women's match. Okay, so for the first match, um yeah, I, I actually liked that one. Like, it was like a nice quick match as well, yeah. like all action, essentially. Uh, also, uh, Noah finally uh, heard me and booked a match with either Dragon Bane or Alpha Wolf that doesn't involve the other one. <laughs> I think might be a first or like at least one of the very few that have actually happened for them and Noah. Um, but yeah, that one was fun. I mean, really like, like you know, like the Monday Magic matches that really, they're like really like short and quick and like snappy. Um, then the next match with uh Wagner Jr., Titus Alexander, O'Hara defeating Jack Morris, Anthony Green, and LJ Cleary. Um, yeah, I like that one as well. I think Titus Alexander is a great addition to the roster as yeah. well. Um, it 
again, it was like pretty quick as well. But I was happy to see that Alexander actually got the uh, got the pin here as well. Uh, and another thing is they're actually bringing him back because he has gone back to DS, but he has yeah. already like more Noah bookings lined up. Oh, that's so that at the very least means they're like they were happy with what he showed them that they're willing to like fly him back to Japan. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Now, next up, we had Kaido Kiyomiya, Reho Iwa, Masakidami, and Deki Inaba defeating Saxon Huxley, Timothy Thatcher, Vinny Masaro, and Alpha Zoe in 1350 with a modified Channing Wizard from Kiyomiya on Masaro. I needed to see this match. <laughs> <laughs> the Vinny Masaro. Yeah. Um, I liked it. And I thought um, Masaro acquitted himself well. And I think um, Alpha Zoe didn't do too badly either although i think he needs a little more time but i think if he mm-hmm. does hang around he can get that um but um yeah i mean like huxley wasn't really a factor here or really thatcher either um but i thought it was solid okay. you know you should check this out if you sort of follow west coast pro mm-hmm. yeah alpha though is really a guy i've only seen like a handful of times but i've always come away with like oh yeah this guy has some potential so i think him coming to Japan is like the perfect timing for him. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, similar to Titus Alexander, really. So I think hooking up with West Coast Pro is like a perfect idea for Noah to like bring in some, uh, bring in some talent. Yeah. Cause like, I see people are like puzzled when people list the problems with Noah and they are many people say they are puzzled, um, by some of the foreign choices, but I think the, most of them have been perfectly fine or good even. So I don't really see it as a as a problem for the company or anything no. like that. No, I f- I think there are some questionable luchador choices at times. <laughs> yeah, but I think in terms of Americans that they've brought and they've been they have a pretty solid track record when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean Huxley's the only one that's like, eh. Yeah, but he's British. You know? so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, they only really they sent Yoichi to England, but they really only like I mean now that Ridgeway is gone, they really only have like one guy from there. It's weird. Oh yes. Uh um Yoshiki Namura is now Yoichi. Yeah, I think we didn't met me. I don't think we ever talked about that. <laughs> no, I no, I think that happened between our last recording. I, I also missed my chance to see him live. Oh did you? Yeah, he was in Berlin and I mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't know he was on the show, and then it was too late, and it was sold out. Oh, okay. Okay. And then we had uh, the Nagisi-Nozaki return match. Nagisi-Nozaki de- defeated Miyuki Takase in 8 minutes and 42 seconds. Paul, did you see this? Uh, yeah, I watched this. And the angle afterwards. Right. Um, How was the match? The match was fine. Uh, I would say it was actually one of the better matches on the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say like he's a little bit rusty still, I would say, but I think it's definitely like, I think it's not something that she can't overcome. Yeah, so, I mean, she's been out. How long has she been injured for? Because she was in wave. Like a while. I mean, there's a reason, like the crowd popped pretty loudly when she came out. No, she her last match was in July 2022. Yeah. So, like, she's been out for a year and a half. Yeah. So, but, no, no, no. But I think she did really well. Um, and, 
yeah, I mean, and then obviously afterwards we had the angle where there's now what what's the name? The Great Sakuya. Yeah, the Great Sakuya. Which so there was so I should mention that so before this match, not before, but sometime during the show before this, there was a we cut to the Great Muta's mountain cabin. And he's like grinding down some poison and then feeds like a girl that is sitting next to him some poison and she dies, I guess. And then she like comes back alive wearing like the great Muta entrance mask. And that's supposed to be the great Sakuya and the great Sakuya then appeared in the ring after the match and blew some mist. And that then led to a a match for uh, the Ariaki show. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any idea who this great... Oh, no, sorry. It's the foolish fighting Sakuya. The great Sakuya is? I don't really know. Like, I, I haven't really seen many people also, like, give, like, a lot of guesses as well. Because she was wearing, like, pretty baggy clothing and the entrance mask, so I didn't really have a good chance of, like, making it out. I assume there are people that know because she like lifted up the like flap thingy to do the misc, mist. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people could see below that that was sitting in the crowd, but I don't really know who it is. So I um saw people speculate that it's Rico Kawahata from Marvelous. Ah. So that would sort of make sense. Since yeah. there are a lot of Marvelous wrestlers. Yeah. I but- mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. So then I mean, they, it's just a whole weird thing in general. Of course, but they gotta they gotta cash in on their gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I guess I'm. I have to be happy that they didn't do this with Kaito. So, of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they did not give him an alternate ego yet. Which is good. Not yet. No, they might have to. Um. <laughs> Actually, at this point, that might actually be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we had Hi- uh, Hayata and Rising Hayato defeated Shuji Kondo and Junta Miyawaki in 11.42 when uh, Hayato pinned Miyawaki after the Sid Vicious. Hayato was a uh, mystery uh, uh, competitor, and he got a big pop Yeah. when he came out. Uh, once again, the All Japan guys <laughs> getting the biggest pop on the Noah shows. Yeah. I mean, what more evidence do you need that, like, which is the hotter promotion here is like just an all Japan guy, not even that high up of a card, like not even that oh. much of like a notable one, right? Comes out like as a mystery partner on a Noah show and he's the most over guy. Yeah. I mean, this was a pretty good match too. And I yeah. thought uh, Hayata worked really well with Miyawaki, especially. Yeah. No, Hayata, I think, I think he actually kind of held up his end of the bargain. Uh, I yeah, I thought Druta really worked his ass off here. Like when Hayato had him in the submission, and he yeah. was just you know struggling against it, and you had like, okay, you had kind of the weird thing where Kondo had the chance to break it up, but he was like, you you have to break it up yourself, basically. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of like the story that they're going for with these two. Yeah, I mean that that fits in Kondo's character too, and everything. Um, and then we had the GHC Hardcore title three-way match. Ninja Mac defeated Masato Tanaka in Super Crazy in eleven thirteen <laughs> with an Avalanche-style powerbomb off of a ladder. Um, 
there's a couple of things here. I'm not sure why Tanaka won the title in the first place then. Yeah. He was just going to get pinned by Ninja Mac a couple yeah, weeks Yeah, I was ago. like, when Super Crazy came out, I was like, oh, okay, he's here to take the pin. Yeah. But then he didn't. So why was he here? <laughs> I mean, I like the first Ninja Mac versus Masato Tanaka match, but this mm-hmm. is exactly what you think it was going to be, like a garbage-style match. Yeah. At one point, the commentators started chanting ECW. <laughs> I cringed so hard. <laughs> so the point is, that this is going to overstay its welcome. Yeah. If they keep doing this on these shows. Nobody even bled. If you do hardcore, like, you got to bleed, man. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it was what it, it was just a collection of spots with the yeah. tables and garbage cans and ladders and everything like that. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in this title because there's only one more month uh, Monday Magic this for the year. Yeah, and they haven't really like brought the title out at all. Like, I don't like didn't it? I don't remember even remember if Ninja Mag even had the belt with him on Yokohama. I think he did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if the, that just means these get like rolled into normal Noah shows. Like same with like the women's matches as well. I mean, right? I because hope they kind continue of... these shows because yeah. I enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, this is like the thing I enjoy the most out of Noah right yeah. now. So I also really hope they continue this. Uh, and look, they, they, they didn't, and this time no one even got banned for like showing their asshole like with Manji Manji. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. And then um, in the main event, Keno and the greatest ex in the world. Satoshi Kojima <laughs> defeated Manabu Soya and Go Shiozaki in 10:48 when uh, Kojima used a strong arm lariat on Shiozaki. I mean, this was a good match, mm-hmm. no question. I mean, these yeah, guys... that sure would have been an interesting match to maybe put on top and like a Yokohama Budokan. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it was 10:48, so they got down to business, all action type thing. Kojima pinning Shiozaki is a bit of head scratcher. I mean, I guess I don't, I um. I guess I get it because of mm-hmm. the, you know, you you know, but at the same time, it just feels like ever since, you know, go lost this title challenge after the N one, he feels very down cycled. Yeah. No, I, I think he's very much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's, if he's ever getting back to the main event. So I feel like he's probably going to be the pin taker and matches like this going forward. And he also, like, he also, like, his look is a bit rough as well, right? Like, he looks like he's, like, he literally looks like he just, like, comes off, like, a three-day bender is is what his look, that's the best way I can describe it now. (laughs) Um, I mean, I wonder if it's, like, they think he's not physically able to do a run at the top or if he doesn't want to do a run Mm -hmm. at the top or what's going on. Because I don't really think... It's not like, look, keeping him at the top of the card at this point is not going to hurt the guy. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, I, I, I assume the plan was to like keep access together and maybe, maybe. keep him kind of hidden that way. But then, I don't know, just find a new tag partner for Go Shiozaki and just have him run, do a run with that guy. It can't be that hard. Well, you know who I would have put as a tag partner for Go? Kaito? No, um, Yoichi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that's what... The, I mean, we don't know how long this excursion is going to be, right? Like, maybe yeah. he pops up on one, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Um, I don't think he's learning anything. 
No, right I think point. it's just make the crowd forget he was a loser. That's why they changed his name. Changed Come back his with look. the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. Uh, so that was Muddy Magic. From what I saw, again, a very solid show and probably the best mm-hmm. thing in all right now. Yeah, it, it really helps that the crowds are always hot for these as well. Yes, because you are, these are the hardcore, you know, the hardcore. Yeah. And I mean, I know they don't give us like viewership for these, but it looks attendances. So... Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, Um, I should check. Do they charge like regular ticket prices for these? Um, I don't know. I, I assume at least the last one should still be up on uh, on the Noah website. Yeah. For tickets. I'll see. Uh, I'll check that out for the next Monday Magic Show, actually. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we go to uh, Yokohama Budokan, which I believe holds up to 4,000 people, maybe mm-hmm. 3,000. Well, definitely more than 1,150. Yes. Which, Out uh, of the three lowest attendances this year, Noah has two of them. The only thing that underdid it was an abysmal draw for stardom where they drew like 700 people, 750 people. I don't think that they had as, they were going for as big a card either as... No. But still, like, I, I this was like a house show card. Like, because I've seen people be like, oh, this is like a Corican card. I do, I wouldn't even put this in Corican. Yeah, it's fine at Corican. You don't think? Yeah, so? but I do. I uh, like. Do you think this draws like above a thousand in Corican? That's actually a fair question. In all honesty. So, oh yeah, no. If it's, I mean, yeah. we've said it before, right? They've just punted on the rest of the year, and there's like no thing is more like evident of that than this card. Oh, Paul, Monday Magic front row or four thousand yen. Okay, that's and then the general admission is three thousand. Really yeah, yeah. That is okay. No wonder these are always full. Like, yeah, they just basically give tickets away. Yeah. So, but hey, it, it hey. seems to be working. Oh so, yeah, for sure. Know. I mean, look, look. I mean, maybe that's not like maybe I would if I'm no, I'm going back to like cyber fight or a beam or whatever, and be like, yes, I know we've lost a bunch of money. But can we like basically have like another year where we just lose a shitload of money, where we just make the tickets super cheap so we have like hot full crowds for our shows and well, then hope would, that sustains would, and then start increasing prices? They would save a lot of money if they just didn't have to run, if they just maxed out at Corkin or save Yokohama yeah. Budokan for stuff they would run in Sumo Hall or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, also, as much as I like it, not lugging that stage around. <laughs> That's the best stage in wrestling. It is amazing, but it has to be so expensive to bring that to other arena, to every arena. Yes. yes. All right. Uh, Paul, I only saw two matches from this show. So can you take us <laughs> through the undercard? Yes. Okay. So in the opener, we had Leona and Kai Fujimura defeating Taishi Ozawa and Yuawara, nine minutes, 19. When Leona submitted Owada with the leg lock, uh, with the figure for leg lock, it was fine. It was an opener. It was exactly what you expected. As we said before, Leona doesn't look as bad anymore. Um, and he was solid here too. But yeah, it was a young boy opener otherwise. Then in the next match, Ninja Mac, Alejandro, Extreme Tiger defeating Super Crazy, Teriyaki, and Alphazo in 10 minutes 32. Um, and Alejandro pinned Yaki after the Sky Twister press. 
yep, another solid match. Uh, the one thing I thought was kind of weird here was because this was basically like to build up or at least to like build Alejandro and Ninja Mac up for the uh, junior tag title match, but then they didn't really get involved at all mm. with the people that they're going to be in the match with. Is this the first time that Teriyaki took a fall in Noah? I don't think so. I think he's taken one or two before. Okay. But he hasn't taken many. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He hasn't taken many, yeah. But yeah, like that was kind of weird that they didn't really interact with the people that they're going to have a match with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was good otherwise. Uh, also, now that I'm looking over it, it's actually... Yeah, neither Alpha Wolf nor Dragonbane were actually on the card. So it might have been that they had to go back to to Mexico for a bit to come back for one, two. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, then Masakitamiya, Daiki Naba defeating Vinny Masaro and Stallion Rogers in 1147. When Kitamiya submitted uh, uh, Rogers with the prison hold. Uh, Stallion Rogers' body language was awful here. Like, I think he might be done after this because mm-hmm. he just kind of was just really like low effort. And then on the op- on the opposite end, Vinny Masaro coming out. A obviously his theme song is amazing. Because- <laughs> That's also the other thing. They came out to his theme, not to Stallion mm-hmm. Rogers' theme, who has been in Noah for much longer. <laughs> yeah. But look, I mean, if Vinny Masaro's entrance music is also just much better than Stallion Rogers' uh, entrance music, I mean, that's really undeniable. And he also did the uh, did the hand thing uh, with ah, the crowd cool. as well. Uh, yeah. So no, this was tremendous. I. Really hope Winnie sticks around. And obviously, like, we've talked enough about Kitami and Inaba. Okay, then let's get to Hayata and Eita defeating Atsushi Kotoge in high 69 in 8 minutes and 16 seconds uh, when Eita pinned Kotoge after a dropkick. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. But again, really kind of a pointless match because Eita is facing Daga. Uh, on the one-two show. Uh, also, Ogawa was on commentary, and then, obviously, as you could have predicted, after the match, Daga and uh, Ogawa beat down Eita and Hayata to put some more heat on the mm-hmm. on the match. Heat, brother. Yep, in this feud that just legitimately has been going for over two, like for two years at this point. I really, I don't, but it's not going to be the end, right? At one, two, it's, nope. it's not going to be over. So. No. <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> anyway, uh, then uh, El Hijo, the Dr. Wagner Jr., Kaito Kiyomiya, and Ryohoyo Weaver defeat Saxon Huxley, Timothy Thatcher, and Shuri Taniguchi in 17 minutes and two seconds uh, when Wagner pinned Taniguchi after the Wagner driver. Yeah, I like this match. I mean, just need to look at these minus. Huxley and all pretty good workers. Yeah. So that's exactly what you expected. I thought Kaito and Oiva, like Wagner, I think, really kind of like was the one that worked a bit harder on his team. Mm-hmm. I felt like Kaito and Oiva were, I mean, they basically went here in the middle of the World Tag League. So I don't think they were working as hard as they normally were, but not that they were like lazy or anything, but it was just noticeably a little bit slower. Um, but yeah, solid match otherwise. All right. So I saw this GHC national title. Jack Morris defeated Hajime O'Hara in 1358 with the Tiger Driver to make his first defense. 
And you may, you know, your point about Morris being a better tag worker, I thought was um a good point because like this I like this is a fine match in terms of mm-hmm. like you know, nothing like too boring or anything, but like the first whatever half at least was relatively bland. Last few minutes were actually pretty good. A lot of the O'Hara counters and everything, and then Morris getting the spine buster and then the tiger driver. But I see your point, like Morris doesn't really know how to fill out his matches. And that was really yeah. so, so it was just really sort of ho hum here until the last couple of minutes, which were actually pretty good. Yeah. I was also surprised how over O'Hara was. Yes. Um but, but I it should have up just been he... obvious underdog thing too. Yeah, and also he's from uh, Kanazawa, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's kind of, well, he's from Kawasaki, not Yokohama, but right. like he is kind of a local guy. Yeah. So because I was surprised how over he was. Like I think that's really what helped like the last few minutes of yes. this match, right? Because well, the crowd just got really behind O'Hara here. Well, yeah, like, I mean, so, I was really surprised a, how much they did. O'Hara did a good job because it was like, oh, he got the Hurricane Rana on the Tiger Driver attempts and everything, and got those kickouts and everything, and that one high kick towards the end on Morris and everything. Like, you know, he did a good job of being like, oh, maybe he has a chance type thing. Yeah. No, fair enough. But I also agree that the middle of this match was just listless really mm-hmm. like it seemed like morris really ran out of things to do years during yeah. his control period right mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's kind of hidden when he's in tag matches so i think if but i feel like if he can kind of get better at that i think that would really kind of unlock him as like a better singles worker but mm-hmm. we'll see if he's going to be able to do that or not mm-hmm. well i mean it's less I think also the structure was like they wanted to do the junior versus heavyweight structure, which then you, because he, Morris has definitely had better singles matches against, you know, other heavyweights and everything like that. Yeah. I don't think he really like can do really like the, like he can't really play what, like he's not really that good at playing the monster versus like the, the underdog junior essentially. Yeah. Uh, so then we go on to uh, Jake Lee, Anthony Green, uh, Al J. Clary, Yohei Tadasuke defeated Naomichi Marafuji, Takashi Sugera, Goshi Ozaki, Suji Kano, Junta Miyawaki in 22-40 with the dropkick from Yohei on Miyawaki. Paul, how was this match? I actually really liked this match. I thought this was the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was really good at these multi-man matches, especially if they put them second from the top. Uh, I thought everyone like worked really, 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 really hard. I, like I and I like GLG. I think GLG is actually a pretty fun faction. It's just that their leader is like the least interesting guy in the faction, which is <laughs> drags it down a bit. Um, but I actually thought Jake actually worked pretty well here. Uh, I like I think Jake actually like worked his role as like the tall guy, like. Like him and Junta actually had some fun interactions, essentially, where he was just kind of brushing off the stuff Junta was throwing at him. So I thought that that made for really fun stuff. I actually liked that Yohei was the gun, the guy that got the pin here. Like I was kind of surprised by that. I was fully expecting Jake to just hit his one of his finishers and just get the win here. Um, yeah, no, I I I thought maybe ah lengthwise I thought it was fine. Uh, maybe it dragged a little bit, so maybe could have shoved like one or two minutes off. But I think otherwise, like it was really, really good and really, really enjoyable. And then we got a really big 
angle afterwards. Well, in a I way. watched the angle. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. I was, okay, I was yeah. shocked. I thought, I don't know, Abushi really didn't get that big of a pop. No, that that was my takeaway: is that Hajime O'Hara was more, got more of a reaction than Kota Ibushi did. Rising Hayato, well, the I could understand thing. maybe in a cavernous, quarter-filled building, it would be a little different. But yes, O'Hara was definitely getting more. Um... I mean, that's but again, like it's not like the crowd was really all that quiet throughout the show. Like this wasn't a bad crowd. Right. Like this was a pretty good crowd. Like they were, for example, they were hot during this match as well. Like they were like really into it. And then Ibushi comes out and there's nothing. Mm -mm. Not a good sign. No. Uh, should we get into the controversy now? Oh, we'll get into it in a minute. No, we, we, we'll get into it when we talk about the one two yeah. show. Yeah. Um, and then in the main event, Amanda Busoya and Tatsumi Fujinami, who's 70 years old, defeated Keno <laughs> Jinsei Shinzaki in 2618, uh, when Soya made uh, Keno tap out in a dragon sleeper. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, well, first of all, you could have shaved off a few, <laughs> several minutes of this. Um, I thought obviously it was very slow to start. They sort of got me towards the end, though. <laughs> but you really can't justify going 26 minutes with like this. No. With, like, old guys. No. There should have been 15 minutes tops. Yeah. And there was stuff in here that I liked. I liked the yeah. double, like, top rope walk that Keno and Shinsaki did. I thought that was a the fun The double spot. dragon screws from Soya yeah. Ujinami. But again, that, that's really what you want to keep it to, right? You want to keep it to like the fun spots and then you yeah. want to do like a little bit of stuff to build up your main event for your big New Year show that like you don't want to make it this like nearly 30 minute match. Yep. I mean, Soya and Keno tried. Yeah. They were digging into each other and everything like that, but it just, yeah. Just way too long. Yeah. And that brought an end to this house show. <laughs> <laughs> They should have probably run this show in like Iwate or something or yeah. Sendai. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, why 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 are you putting this in Yokohama? It doesn't make any sense. No, because they'd booked this probably like I guess. Oh know. yeah, true. Because they probably booked it like because it's Japan, so you always book the stuff like year and wait, does that mean all Japan had to plan out year in advance that they were gonna put the title on the side those? No, because the, those smaller venues are, you can get. Probably quicker. It's, oh, yeah, true. It's the yeah, Corkins yeah. and the sumo halls and that sort of thing. Yeah, that you actually need to book the way in advance. And, yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, Especially in wherever the site was hometown was again. You can, Do you really think there's, like, yeah, you have to book yeah. there a year in advance? Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Got to replace, like, the local tractor show or something at worst. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was Noah the best. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I do. I do. I just want to make the shitty obvious joke. <laughs> yes. Um, so it wasn't the best. <laughs> we've so going into the new year 2024 on January 2nd, 2024, mm -hmm. uh, a GHC junior heavyweight title Daga versus Ada. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know, if, okay, I don't want to say I'm gonna like make a bet that Ada is winning. 
I think it's very, very certain that Ada's winning unless they do some bullshit that he gets like DQ'd or like something like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's obviously what this whole story has been building to that Ada's going to win unless Hayata turns on him. Or, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf versus Johan Tadeske versus Ninja Mac and Alejandro. Yeah, this should this should be great, right? Like this yeah. is just gonna be insanity for like fifteen minutes or so. Just guys flying all over the ring and just doing crazy spots. I think this has the potential to be actually be the best match on the show, to be honest. Well, it'll be up there, I think. I yeah. think GHC title match could still be amazing. Yes, no, no, no. I, I that that is still my favorite to be the best match on the show, but if that somehow under delivers, I think this one has a good shot. Um who wins? I could see them just retaining. Yeah, I could also see them retaining. Like, I think it, dep- I mean, given the fact that it seems like they went back to Mexico because they weren't on the Yokohama show. Yeah. I feel like that that means they're going to be back for like a while longer, right? Because yeah. what's the point on just coming back for this one show? So, and if they're staking around, then I would definitely leave the title on these two because they're great. Yeah. And then Wrestling Symphony, Jack S- Zack Sabre Jr. and Yoshinari Ogawa versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Hayata. <laughs> wow. I mean, one team is significantly better than the other. And yes. unfortunately, you can't even say that Tanahashi won't care will carry his team. <laughs> no. And he's got a match against Sabre two days later. Yeah. So Noah is just doing a preview for New Japan. <laughs> Basically, um, cool. <laughs> I mean, it could be good. I just, it could be, yes, it could yeah, be. yeah. But like, Hyatt is the big question mark, I think, on this. Yeah, at 2020, at that point, 2024, Tanahashi, too. Yeah, I'd still rather watch him than Hayata. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But like, Zach and Ogawa are great, so I feel like they can carry the other two to a good match at the very least. And the Foolish Fighting Night Advent, Foolish Fighting Sakuya. So it's not the great Sakuya, it is foolish nope. fighting? Yeah. Okay. And Nagisa Nozaki versus Haruka Yumasaki and Miyuki Takase. Well, I mean, I think it would be obvious who wins here. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but I mean, it would be incredibly weird if we do this whole build up to foolish fighting Sakuya and then she just loses her whole match. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's what Glee did with Diamond e- Egoist. Right. where they build up this whole thing forever and then they just lose their first match. But I, I don't think Noah's that stupid. Like, Noah is plenty stupid, but not. No, because they're trying to catch in on the gimmick, so... Exactly. Know. Like, it would be pointless to make this new gimmick and then have a lose on the first time. And also because Nagisa also just came back, so... Yeah. Again, it just makes sense to keep them strong. And then the Yuta Sasaki, Alka Sasaki pro wrestling debut. Takashi Sugara versus... Uh, it's listed here as Yuta Sasaki, also Alka Sasaki. Uh, I mean, this could be actually good because if mm-hmm. anyone can lead through, uh, like an MMA guy through a wrestling singles match, it's Sagira. Yeah. No. And uh, we also forgot to mention that on the Monday Night Magic show, they did the setup for this match as well. Okay. Where Sasaki was in the ring, uh, and then kind of Sagira came out and he gave him the Olympic slam. Okay. So uh, as long as they kick each other and beat the crap out of each other, I think that will, uh, yeah, that will be sufficient. It really depends, like what Sasaki really wants to do as a wrestler, I right? I mean, here's the question about the result: 
I mean, Segura is winning. Or do you think no. Sasaki is winning? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, Sasaki is still like an active MMA fighter. So it really depends how deep into Enochism Noah has gotten. <laughs> no, actually, no, it's not Enochism because Enochism would be that Segura would be fighting Sasaki in an actual MMA fight. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you want him to keep wrestling, you know, I mean, you got to put him over. See, yeah. I mean, fair enough. And I mean, it's Segura. I mean, the guy yeah. is Teflon. It's not like he loses anything if he like takes the fall here. Yeah. So I we'll see. I mean, it depends again how long if he how serious Sasaki is about being a yeah. pro wrestler. And I mean, look, the situation that Noah's in, I mean, he might as well just take a shot in the dark and see. Oh, for sure. He's only 34. Yeah. Um, and then positively, positively, like, <laughs> okay, that to be fair, it's not that true anymore about the Noah roster, but, you know, it's basically a young boy with Noah's standards. And then for the GHC heavyweight title, we have Keno versus Manu Soya. In the semi-main event. Semi-main event. I mean, I think these guys will have something to prove, and I think this. Oh will yeah, be on the show. I mean, the one thing I will say about the one positive thing about this whole thing is, it really fits well with Kano's character. Yes, I, but I think it's both like not just his character, but also actually him, and he will just yeah, he will do his utmost to just completely outdo the main event. Uh, and I think same with Soya because like. Soya was eating shit in Noah for years. Mm -hmm. And they finally put him in a big time match and then he got, they got bumped down to semi-main. So, yeah, no, these two are going to be like incredibly motivated to just put on the best performance they possibly can. Mm. But Keno's winning. I don't think there's any oh, shot sure. that Soya no, has no. a chance here. No. Um, but I think it will be a great match. So Yes. And, and then in our main event... <laughs> Naomichi Marafuji versus Kota Ibushi. Oh boy. Time uh, for Marafuji to carry Ibushi to a good, decent match. People are not happy about this. No, rightfully so, because it's stupid. Yeah. Like, I would get it if this was so, if this was like Ibushi's first match, A, if it was either his first match back, or if it was at the very least his first match back in Japan. I kind of get it because like, right. He's been injured forever and you don't really know. And you know, he used to, he was a big star before he got injured because he literally got injured in his third G1 final in a row that he probably was also going to win. Yeah. Right. Like if you bring in that guy and then you put him in the main event, I think that's understandable, but that's not, the guy anymore right like because he has gone to Gleed had a shitty match there that drew an abysmal crowd so didn't really have ticket sales at all and then he's put on like really mediocre performances in AEW since then as well so it's like what's really the draw of putting this guy in the main event now well I mean this is Noah falling back to what they were doing uh, before Mudo retired I mean, true, but I feel I. So the feeling I got, and it's kind of gotten strengthened 
by the reaction that he when he came out is that the way the whole situation ended with New Japan really damaged Ibushi standing with Japanese fans. It seems, yeah, that seems to be the case. Because, right, because, like, okay, because Japan really is, like, a very much, like, don't rock the boat kind of, like, society, right? And he very much rocked the boat on his exit from New Japan. Yeah. And I don't think people really like that. And it, it, the fan reaction is reflecting that because Japanese fans are basically up in arms. Like, how many statements has Noah put out now defending this? Yeah. Like, free. Like, no, Marufuji is basically, like, out there just posting and being like, no, guys, it's it's good, though. No, like, yeah. Like, I actually kind of feel bad for him because I don't think this was his call. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Such a... Weird. Like, I also don't think it's really going to help ticket sales. <laughs> well, we'll see. There's a lot of foreigners, though, going to be in the around. Yeah. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to the show just because it's the big Noah show while they're over there for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Are so, you? Going- like, that's the. Def- yeah, yeah. I, I already have tickets. I already okay. have tickets. I already have uh, Arena. Like, I'm sitting on the floor. Mm. It's um, going with John Carroll, actually. Yeah, so you are helping them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I also already bought my I bought my ticket after Keno versus Soya was announced. So that's when I bought my tickets, assuming that that was going to be the main event. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I might have bought different tickets if I had known that this was going to be the main mm-hmm, event. Mm-hmm. I might have been like, I can save some bucks here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this will be a big also chance to show Ibushi to show if he has any gas left in the tank. Oh yeah, no. If he doesn't deliver here, he's just toast. Like, yeah. maybe it was just still ring rust with him, like, right and lead and AEW, and I haven't really seen the GCW stuff. Well, I, I saw the Mike Bailey match, and I was okay. But again, that's really worrying. If you are having a just okay match with Mike Bailey, mm-hmm. that's a bad sign. Yeah. We know that Marufuji can still turn it on when he's put in a big spot. I mean, he just hadn't amazing match with Will Ospreay. Um, and he's had, and like, again, I also really liked this match with Jake as well. Mm-hmm. So we know he can still do it, but so we know that if this doesn't deliver, it's not going to be on Marufuji being washed. It's because Ibushi is washed. Yeah. I think so. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> like that just, I've never seen, such like anger like this yeah it's it's really interesting like i also like i because i was also like yeah this is really stupid but i didn't expect to be that the backlash from japanese fans would be this visceral mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of people in this country that doesn't have a match announced yet yeah no kaido no no kaido no, no eva go doesn't have a match yet Jack Morris doesn't have a match yet. Neither does Anthony Green. Mm-hmm. That's another two titles. I mean, there isn't really all that much left between now and Ariake where they could like set more stuff up. I guess the final that's seven matches already too. Monday Night Magic. Yeah. I mean, they might go to ten. I mean, but there's no way to leave it. Like they're making Jack Morris a double champion and then they're leaving him off the show. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not. 
It's looking good for Noah. Right no, now. I was really hoping that this was going to be the show that is like going to revitalize Noah. Right, because we thought, oh, we'll reset. Yeah, but if the plan is Kota Ibushi, I, I don't know. Maybe it's going to change if he just like goes out there and he just has an amazing like five-star match of the year contender with Murafuji. Maybe I'll think differently about it, but yeah, for now, I'm still like kind of like, okay, we'll see. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we can move on to All Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, cha- the tone will change slightly now. <laughs> yes. Um. So we got a we got a lot uh, like another like five shows to cover. Uh, we go to the uh, Shonen Fujis- Fujisawa Market Special Ring. Yes, this is the vegetable market show, folks. Yes. Eight hundred and fifteen. Legitimately, one of the best venues. In yeah. Japan, very nice trees <laughs> in the background. Uh, yeah. Super No Vacancy Full House. Uh, oh, also Suwama's hometown. Yeah, which is why they do this. Um, did you like? Uh, I'm just trying to look here because mm-hmm. I don't want to necessarily go through everything on all of these shows. I'm just trying to look yeah. what looked good on this stuff. I um, really like. I actually really liked Abe versus Inoue, like the opening. Yes. Here. Yes. That was very good. I mean, because in a way, it was just a ball of fire, and Abe just punked him out. <laughs> yeah, Hayato versus Koji Uomoto went to ten minutes, mm-hmm. top in the draw. Um, then we had uh, Chichi defeated Zones in seven forty, and I think as much as it pains me to say this, Chichi has pulled ahead of Zones. Yeah, yeah, it's very clear now. Yeah. Zones is still in that phase where like she's not quite comfortable enough yet, really using her size. Yeah. She really like I think she's kind of like where like Ren Ayabe was not that long ago, where he was also still kind of like just a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. So maybe if she can take like a similar path to him where she becomes comfortable just laying it in, then I think she can catch back up with her. But yeah, for now she is clearly better. And then we had the like the Shonen Fujisawa special six man match, which is giant Enoshima man, which is Suji Shikawa. Ichishin is <laughs> so trash. <laughs> yeah, Ichishin Chiba, who was Hikaru Sato, and uh, Shiryu, uh, Kaz Hayashi, <laughs> Kento Miyahara, Yuma Aoyagi, and Black Mensa Ray in 12.56 with Romero special from Ichiba on Mensa Ray. I mean, it was a comedy match, mm-hmm. them doing their thing. Uh, Real World Tag League, Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani defeated Hayato Tamer and Galeno Del Mall. Uh, in 1052 with a triangle choke from Sakaguchi on Galeno. That was an interesting Which looked visual. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a nice little match. Um, Cyrus and Ryan Davidson defeated Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai in 242 with a reverse splash from Cyrus. This is sort of like trying to get the new period to their low point. I was really yeah. surprised by this. Yeah. Did you see the backstage? interview yes. with and Davidson. Yes, Allen. the best backstage segment ever. <laughs> they uh they got two large cuts of meat. Yes, which is the absolute perfect price to give these two. <laughs> yeah. Like I I assume also when they were like doing this okay so who are we going to give like which like novelty prize for like winning a match and like whoever was in charge of that I guess maybe like someone from the market just saw like Cyrus and was like I have this giant slab of meat give it to that giant slab of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Real World Tag League Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Mori defeated uh, Kuroshio Tokyo Japan and Seiko Tachibana in 1329. Um, 
it was what it was. These Jiro entrances are grading on me. Yeah, because yeah, as much as the tour goes on, really becomes yeah dire. Yeah, yeah. Um, match was fine. Look, I mean, I don't think Jiro and Tetsubana were a bad team at all. No, no. I think as soon as like like the bell rings, they become pretty good. It's just it everything before that. In some, in some yeah. and stuff too. So, but still. Um, and then Dan Tamara went to a 10 minute time limit draw against Naruki Doi, which would become important later. Yes, it was a good match, mm-hmm. not as good as the later one. Uh, and then Hikaru Sato defeated Atsuki Oyoagi in 957 with a Gatame. Um, I don't know, I just, just felt like that was kind of just there, and I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hisato was pulling double duty, so I guess maybe that. Oh, that's right. Something to do with it. And then in the main event, Suwama and Hideki Suzuki uh, defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 1741 with a backdrop suplex from Suwama on June. Uh, I thought it was a nice little match. I'm not going to call it the Saito's best match of the tournament or anything like that, but it was solid, I thought. Yeah. No, it was okay. And it was really over with the crowd. So that helped. And yeah. That's fine for what it and was. Then they got vegetables after the the match. Yes, of course they did. <laughs> they can make more chunko. Yeah. Um... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 
10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOW net. Arenaclub.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out a passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e-u-f-y video lock again that's eufy video lock e-u-f-y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And then we move on to uh, November 29th at Corkin Hall in front of 1,039 fans. And 
Paul, when I saw this number, hmm? I was genuinely shocked. Yeah, same. Because we're looking at a midweek Corkin a week before the big finals, and they did over a thousand. Yeah. I fully expected this to come in under a thousand. I was like, oh, okay, they've had a really good one and like Corican of like breaking a thousand, but it's going to come to an end here because it's just a random middle of the tour show on a Wednesday. There's no way there's going to be like over a thousand people there. And they did it. Yeah, they did it. So, uh, yeah. We had the Gayor TV, skir- TV title skirmish six man <laughs> to Kawamori. There's Tetsu Black Mensure defeated Minoru Tanaka at Ski Oyagi in Rising Hayato. When Tanaka got disqualified <laughs> for what he did something to Mensure, I think. Uh, yeah. Don't remember either. But he's kind of a heel again. Yeah. Because did right because he won like remember how he won the title originally? Yep. Because Voodoo Murderers turned on him, turning him face, and then he beats Toshizo as like the big baby face, and now he's just back to being a heel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hayato Tamara and Galeno Del Mal defeated Kuroshio Tokyo Japan and Seiko Tachibana in 1225. The Lariat from Tamara on Tachibana. Again, a pretty solid match. Yeah. Um, they're fine. Except for the comedy, but whatever. Yeah. Massive bump from Tachibana for that Lariat as well. Yeah. Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani defeated Cyrus and Ryan Davidson um, when uh, Okatani used the Quetzalcoatl on Davidson after a big assist from Sakaguchi with a kick. Yeah. Um, I thought I wasn't sure if these two teams would gel, and I thought it was fine. Uh, Davidson mm-hmm. is really sort of the glue that keeps his team together. Yeah. No, I think he's really kind of impressed me as well. Should be a guy that should be brought back too. Yeah. But I I found it interesting how many pins Okatani is actually getting here in this tournament in general. Mm -hmm. Because I fully expected just to be like, basically, Sakaguchi is the guy that like gets the pins and Okatani is the guy that gets pinned. But it's really been like more of a 50-50. Yeah. And then Junior Battle Glory Rio in a way that defeated Hikaru Sato in 749 with the Daikanon suplex hold. This is pretty good, actually. And mm-hmm. a big win for Inoue. Yeah. Over like a former like multi-time junior champion. Yeah. Um, and then Naruki Doi defeated Fubinori Abe in 550 with the horizontal cradle. I mean, Abe is really good at having sub-10 minute matches. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike everybody else in this tournament. Well, Dory's yeah. actually not bad either, but this was really yeah. good for, even despite the fact that it was like even short by this tournament standards. No, yeah, no, Abe, Abe is just like perfect. It just, like it actually had kind of the same when I saw him live last year uh, at 16 Carat. What was it this year? Wait, am I losing track of time now? No, it was last, it was this year? It was this, no, last year, last year. When I watched them last year uh, in the, uh, uh, what's it called again? The shoot style tournament that they do in WXW. Ambition. Uh, Ambition. Yeah, because those are like really short matches as well until the final. And he was really good in all of those as well. And then Koji Iwamoto defeated Dan Tamer in eight minutes and 19 seconds with the Koko no Gaijitsu. I thought this was pretty good, actually. Um, these mm-hmm. guys mesh well together because they both do sort of the grappling stuff. And although there was a vertebraker that Dan looked like landed right on his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he seemed to be fine. That that one that one looked really rough. Like like yeah. Koji just spiked Dan on that one. I was but otherwise it was really good. Yeah. 
Was this actually, I'm trying to think, was this actually the first win Koji ever Moto got? Because he didn't get that many wins. He got a lot of draws. Yeah, I don't know. Um, It's an interesting way that he was booked. Yeah. Which makes me think he's not not coming back full time because I think they would have given him more if he was. But Maybe, but again, because they just gave him a bunch of time limit draws is again... You know, that's what makes me rethink that. Right. Because if he's not coming back permanently, then they could have just, like, dropped them, Not dropped him out, but, like, have him take more faults than they did. Yeah. And then the Real World Tech League, Shuji Shikawa and Renai Abe defeated Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Omori in 12.09 with the Splash Mountain from Ishikawa and Omori. This is pretty good. This is also the first mm-hmm. loss that Nakajima and Omori had uh, because he had, sort of had to, like, I actually like the booking because they took a bunch of losses at the end and you're like going into the final night. Like, I don't know who's going to win type thing. Yeah. But Nakajima did not freak out. No. Yeah. Then again, shown that they've actually become a team now. Yeah. And then uh, Suwam and Hideki Suzuki defeated Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai in 1241. I really enjoyed this, but I also really enjoyed the Hideki and Anzai stuff. Yeah. I was really shocked though with the result at the time. Because this eliminated new period yes. from the tournament, like yes. from contention. Uh so yeah, I was I was really shocked when that happened because I was like, okay, like they're at their lowest point after they get beaten in two minutes by Cyrus and Davidson. And then here is like where they like start making their comeback to win the tournament, but no, they just get eliminated from the tournament here. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, no really good match. And yeah, I agree. Subama and Anza I have really good chemistry. So I, I have a feeling they're going to be in the same block in the traffic carnival as well. And then uh, in the main event, Yuma Aoyaki and Keto Miyahara defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 15-19 when uh, Yuma pinned Jun with the Fool. This was not as good as their um, match in October, but this was still pretty darn good and I think probably we could quibble. We'll get to another match later. This is either number one or two best Saito match of this tournament. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. That that title match, obviously they can't reach that because that was just special because of the atmosphere and everything. Yeah. But this was still a really solid match as well. And I mean, Kento and... Like, they just have good chemistry, I think. Because mm-hmm. Kento and Yuma are, like, smaller than them. But... I think they have like a really interesting way of like basically like they always kind of like turn here in a weird way. They're always more heelish that trying to out heal the scientists. That's how they try to beat them, basically. Yes. Yeah. And then we go to Eheim, item in Eheim in front of 520 fans. Uh, the second smallest attendance of this tournament. All of these shows did very well. <laughs> um, we had Koji Iwamoto defeating Rayo Inoue in 424 with the Koku no uh, Gejitsu. I thought this was way too short. But yeah. there was something there, and these guys could probably have a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, Hikaru Sato defeated Fuminori Abe with the Wakagatame in 652. I actually thought there wasn't much to this until the last couple of minutes when they started headbutting each other. <laughs> so yeah, that was... No. That that made it though, yeah. Oh no no no! Like th- those headbutts were nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, June Saito and Koshi, I think he's an Eheim Pro guy. Defeated yeah. Aoyagi and Imabari Towel Maskeris 
who's another Heim guy who's now yep. getting a bunch of bookings in all Japan in 1046 with the psycho break from on Saito on Mascaris. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it, this should have been like eight minutes. Yeah. That's just kind of a there, eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Su Suwama and Dan Tamara defeated Black Mensa Ray and Carvel Ito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know what the point of this was. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it dragged Carbalito all the way out here. Um, I mean, maybe the company is from there. Maybe. Oh yeah, they are. He's actually from there. Oh okay. Okay, that actually. So he was just literally. It's just like down the corner. It's like. Hey, uh, do you want to want to be on the show? It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, this also went over ten minutes, and it was like, I don't know why, but yeah, but it makes sense because it was basically a sponsor match. Just yeah. the sponsor was in the match. And then Real World Tag League, uh, Kuroshio Tokyo Japan and Seiko Tachibana defeated Shuji Shikawa and Renayabe in ten fifty one with an inside cradle from uh, Kuroshio on Ayabe for the big shocking victory, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, I was already surprised that they got to four points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, like look, two. look, I mean, this exceeded my expectations. What can I say? Yeah, definitely. And again, I think we talked about it already, but this is really kind of the, I think when we look back at it, we're going to look at back at it, that like this was the tournament where Ayabe came into his own. Yes. He's definitely being more aggressive, which is great. And then we had Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani defeating Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Omori with a divine right knee from Sakaguchi on Omori. This was pretty good. Lots of Nakajima and Sakaguchi stuff. I thought also Omori worked well with uh, Sakaguchi, and this was pretty good. Mm -hmm. No, I, I was really looking forward to this. Uh, just to see Sakaguchi and Nakajima face off. and didn't really disappoint in that regard because they just kind of kicked the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. And then Ryuki Han and Yuma Anzai defeated Hayato Tamara and Galeno Del Mall in 1303 when Honda used an inside cradle from on uh, Galeno. Um, the finish looked a little sloppy, but I thought the rest of the match was mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah, no, I also agree the finish was like, also kind of came out of nowhere a bit as well. Yeah. But yeah, good match otherwise. And then Cyrus and Ryan Davidson defeated Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi when Cyrus used the reverse splash on Miyahara. Paul, could this be setting something up for the future? <laughs> I mean, maybe Cyrus will actually get his title shot on like the Maltese Ricky Dozen. Yes. I mean, you could do worse than that. Like if you just put that on like a random ass, like if you just wanted to use that to like pat Kento Stutz a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's well, we'll talk about that something you can do. Um, yeah. Paul, I thought this was an incredible carry job. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 obviously. I mean, I mean they went 22 minutes. <laughs> he went 22 minutes. Yeah, I, I never would have expected Cyrus to see Cyrus in a 22-minute match. Like, that's, and that has to made, be stretching his... Well, there was the last year's Real World Tag League as well. Yeah, but what was his longest match in that one? Was the finals not... Oh, yeah, right. But were the finals even that long? I don't remember. Yeah, 2037. Oh, okay. So yeah, this was comparable at least. Then, yeah. But the way that Aoyagi Miyahara bumped around for him and everything just really yeah. made it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. And they took they, all they, like they... double choke slams and stuff and everything. Yeah, I mean Kendra has always been like really happy to put over Cyrus. Yeah. So this is just like, I mean, Davidson held up his own, but they just made Cyrus look like such a monster. I think I also kind of realized why Kendra likes Cyrus so much. Oh, because it's... he is basically just like an eighty, like because he is basically Cyrus just looks like he was just imported from like nineteen eighty five. Yes. So like this is exactly the kind of guy like Hulk Hogan fan Kento Miyahara wants to work with. <laughs> and in the main event, because they're in Eheim, Rising Hatter defeated Naruki Doi in 949 with the Sid Vicious. Um yeah. not was... as good as the title match. No. I think the the time limit that they had to work with sort of hurt this as a main event. Yeah. It wasn't bad. No. But it didn't feel like a main event. Yeah, I really don't get why they always put like I guess because they wanted to do a shitload of time limit draws. That's why they put the time minute time limit on that and then. But you should have like suspended it if you want to make like a main event like this because it just doesn't work if you have like a sub ten minute main event. Yeah. And I get why you want to make this the main event because Hayato is a local guy. So yeah. like that makes perfect sense, but yeah, I don't know. We we that, that that's one of the weirder things. All Japan has done is like just really sticking to this ten minute time limit, even though it's very clearly hurting the matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move on to December third at Osaka Adiyana Arena, number two, in front of nine hundred fourteen fans. That's only thirty eight less than. Um, New Japan did mm-hmm. the day before. Yeah, so that's not bad at all. No, like that—that's a really good number. Like anytime, like I said, anytime you can be like within striking distance of New Japan is like a good thing. So, I mean, to be fair, you know, I'm looking at the New Japan card. Not like that had like an amazing card, but I'm no. pretty sure New Japan announced the 952 they drew as like a sellout. They so, call it Super No Vacancy Full Hub. Yeah, so all Japan got pretty damn close to a sellout here as well. Yeah. And then so we had uh, Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai defeating Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani when um, Honda used the final event on Okatani. This is a pretty strong match, though these guys could have easily gone it was 916 these guys could have gone easily gotten 12 or 13 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I think this was actually one of my like favorite matches here as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh I I I would I would have loved if this would have gone longer because I think they were like building to something yeah. really good and then just kind of Honda just hit the final event and the match was over. Mm-hmm. Like if if you give this one like I don't know 15 minutes, I think you can get it for like a really great match. Yeah. And then uh, Kuroshio Tokyo Japan and Seiko Tachibana defeated Cyrus and Ryan Davidson with a crucifix hold from uh, Kuroshio on Davidson. I didn't like this result because they had just... These guys had just come off of two big wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they lose to the joke team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of get it because they have to lose some time, but yeah, maybe kind of arrange this differently. Where maybe they take like a fall to these guys early in the tournament and then they go on like a bunch of, then they get a bunch of wins and then they lose to someone else. I don't know. Yeah, 
some of the yeah, some of the booking I wasn't the biggest on when things started um you know falling up like falling apart's not the right word. It's too strong. But some of the last minute like things to get the points, whatever they were supposed to be, I was Yeah, felt a bit contrived. I mean, not as contrived as doing double countouts, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. And then, but to be fair, I, I think the Junior Battle of Glory was just way worse for that of just like oh, endless sure. time time limit draws for sure. We had a six man tag team match: Aran Sano, Hikaru Sato, and the Bodyguard defeated Black Messerite, Izanagi, and Rising Hato in ten twenty two. Bodyguard sang his beautiful theme song. Thank <laughs> God. Um, Aran Sano is a Osaka pro guy who debuted it. debuted last uh, November, November twenty twenty two. Wow. Um, yeah. So he's uh, somewhat to watch out for. I thought he quit himself well. And this was a solid little match. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. He looked a bit goofy at times, but I think maybe that's also just him trying to figure guy. out what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Hayato Tamara and Galeno Dalmal defeated Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Mori when, um, with the Gale- uh, in 1034, when Galeno used the Galeno special. On Omori, this was good. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't remember too much about this match, though. I do remember kind of in the post-match that Nakajima kind of kicked Omori out of the ring. Yes. So he, he was teasing, like, being, like, getting pissed off of him again, but obviously they overcame that. But I think it's good if he's, like, at least wants to be like, yeah, we are a team now, but the tension isn't fully gone. Mm-hmm. And then Atsuki Oyagi defeated Fuminori Abe in 8.05, which I thought was really good, actually. Yeah, I actually thought this was one of Atsuki's best matches because yes. one of my takes is actually that Atsuki has just kind of had a I agree. nondescript been, tournament. Yeah, it was right? a nondescript tournament. He's getting hurt by the time limits, I think. Yeah. Uh, Dan Tamara. Yeah, so this is definitely one of Atsuki's best matches. One of the better matches of the whole tournament, I thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, like we said, like Abe is the one that is really good at it. And I think maybe that is something. I mean, either you make these matches longer or Atsuki needs to learn how to work shorter matches. But I feel like that, that feels counterproductive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dan Tamara defeated uh, Rio Inoue in 827. This, with the powerbomb, this clinched Dan's spot in the finals. And I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And then Naruki Dori defeated Koji Iwamoto in 853 with an inside cradle. Uh, again, another good match. Finish came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but that works for Doi, I think. Yeah, I thought I thought the finish coming out of nowhere worked perfectly here because Doi was just a complete shit heel. And like Iwamoto was like dominating him a lot as well. Yeah. And then Doi just stole the win at the end, like mm-hmm. like a weasel. Like he just instantly also did the thing where he just like the moment, like the referee's like hand hit for the free count, he just instantly was out of the ring and was just like, "Yeah, I did it." And even Moto was just like, "Ah, damn it." Yeah. And then uh, June Saito and Ray Saito defeated Chuji Shikawa and Renai Abe in fourteen oh three, when um, via referee stop when June had Ayabe in the Psycho Dream, which is like the Cobra Clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very solid. Ren looked, I thought, good here, going toe-to-toe with other large guys. Um, I think if you said a couple months ago what this match would look like, is a lot better than what people would have thought. Yes. Oh, for sure, for sure. 
Fear that told me it's like that. I thought this was actually one of the better matches of the day, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was as good as the main event. No. But yeah, I, I this definitely was a match that exceeded my expectations and a match I wouldn't have thought could be this good six months ago. Then in the main event, Suwama and Hideki Suzuki defeated Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi in 14-46 with the last ride from Suwama and Aoyagi. This was a very good match. I mean, obviously, how could you not think you know, that was obviously to be expected. My only critique is I was sort of shocked. I thought that they just sort of went for the finish real quick. And then, oh, Swam's got him up in the power bomb. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really do a lot of build up. Like no. it was a really good match. And then they just, yeah, he just hit the last ride. But that was also one hell of a last ride as well. Yeah. It was. Because he also held like Yuma up there for like a little bit as well. And the crowd started gasping. And then he just, dropped them you know miyahara and hideki really do have great chemistry yeah i mean that would make sense as like a title defense at some point too i hope so um but you know politics and all that well i mean that though that depends on kento actually winning the title (laughs) yeah i know we'll get to that in a minute (laughs) um and then on december 6th Corkin Hall in front of 1,443 fans. Wow, that's a huge success. That's massive, yeah. Um, last year, 801. Yeah, it's such a, like, it's day and night, basically. This drew more than uh, Nagata versus Miyahara. Yeah. Like, but one of the biggest Corkin crowds 41 of the entire fans. Year. Yeah. Like, might be all Japan's biggest Corkin crowd in a long time. Yeah, I would have to like kind of go and take a couple of years actually, because if this beat Miyahara versus Nagata, then this has been several years. Yeah, I don't have, we'll probably have to go back to like 2019 at the very least. Yeah, maybe. So maybe, maybe early, like maybe January 2020. Yeah. For the New Year Wars shows. Like that's like literally like the only other time I could imagine. That they could have broken it because then obviously pandemic and so they wouldn't mm-hmm. have. So um we open up with the junior battle glory special six-man tag. Karo Sato, Koji Iwamoto, and Fuminori Abe defeated Atsuki Oyagi Rising Hayato and Rayo Inoue in 8-12 with an octopus hold from Abe on Inoue. This was a great opener. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I love this opener. Yeah. Like the, it was just all action. And also, yeah, Abe getting the win. Like, again, Abe kind of punking out in a way again is also really fun. <laughs> I, I hope we really get, like, a longer match between these two because these have amazing chemistry. Uh, Geora TV title four-way match. Minoru Tanaka defeated Takao Mori. Who is this? Yoshitatsu, Black Mensure, and Black Mensure. And 745 with the ground Cobra hold on Mensure for third defense. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't that... I was expecting worse, I guess. Yeah. But also Tanaka just defending the build as well. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the point. I thought they were gonna no. take him here. Yeah. I I mean it's not like I want to see it on any of the other three. So <laughs> I mean in theory it stays on the best worker out of them. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I also don't really get what the point of this right. I mean it's the Gaora TV title, so it's not like it's a title that has ever really mattered. But Still, kind of 
baffling to just keep this Tanaka ring going. I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, I would assume next time he defends it in all Japan, he's losing it though. And then Real World Tag League, uh, Kuroshio Tokyo Japan, and Sego Tachibana defeated Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani in 11 10 when Kuroshio uh, pinned Okatani. Uh, they brawled a bunch on the outside, and then Okatani stole Jiro's jacket at one point. Um, or was it Sakaguchi that took the jacket? I think it was Jiro uh, or Okatani. Yeah, it was Okatani, yeah, because he got pinned in the jacket, I think. Yeah. Um, this was, I mean, comedy aside, this was very solid, I thought. Yeah. I'm really shocked that, like, Tachibana and Kurashiro got to I can't believe points. they got eight points. They yeah. didn't have, like, what, you didn't, they didn't have to give them that many points. No. <laughs> I guess maybe because it's, like, Jiro's big return. Yeah. But, yeah. And then, uh, Hyder Tamara... And Galeno Del Mal defeated Cyrus and Ryan Davidson in 850 with the Lariat from Tamron Davidson. I mean, this was fun brawl. And then, but they kept it short and sweet, I thought. And it, you know, the four big guys. Yeah, great finish also. Like, yeah. great visual of Tamara hitting that massive Lariat on Davidson. Who also bumped for it really, really well. Too. Oh, yeah, that was a great bump. Yeah, that was, that was a great finish. And then the Junior Battle of Glory... Dan Tamara defeated Naruki Doi in fifteen thirty with the power bomb. This is a great match. Yes. I'm not sure this was Dan's best singles match, but it's up there. I thought they told a really great story, um, especially because Doi was using his veteran wild to like trick Tamara into like running at him and stuff like that, and then countering, and just great. But it was also definitive finish, like big lariat and a power bomb. Doi, Doi is a great heel. Like I, I've, like Doi is just an all-time great heel. I actually went four stars on this. I thought this was great. I thought this was... I mean, it was easily, obviously, the best match of the entire Junior Battle of Glory. I don't think that's really controversial, I would say. I mean, obviously, it was the longest one as well. No, I don't just, think it's controversial to say at all. I no, think it was. No. Yeah. Like It, it was just very easily the best match uh, of, that, of that tournament. Just perfect structure as well. I mean, as you were saying, like, Doi just, like, great, like, because I feel like it was this really interesting thing where, like, Doi was, like, outsmarting Tamara all the time. Yeah. But then, like, so, like, Tamara had to, like, still be, like, he was still kind of the underdog, right? Because he was, like, up against, like, a literal legend. Yeah. Uh, But then he still, like, he put him the fate definitively just give him like a really, really strong win. Like he didn't really feel like he just kind of got lucky or he outlasted Doi, but rather that he like find like, like Doi's luck essentially ran out and he just got put down definitively like by this guy that is just better than him. Yeah. And did you see how fast Doi got out of there when Al Linder? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he actually got out of there like a little bit too. Like, but Dan was also kind of like trying to get out of there as well. Yeah. Because Dan got the trophy and was yes. already climbing out of the ring while like Al Linderman was still making his way in to do like the whole promo and everything. And yeah. Dan was like, oh, yeah, right. The title challenge came back into the ring. <laughs> and then, um, Suji Shikawa and Rena Abe defeated Suwama and Hideki Suzuki, eliminating them from the tournament in 12-15 when Ishikawa pinned Suzuki with the Fire Thunder, which uh, I was a little surprised. Yeah, no, I didn't that expect was the result. that either. 
Um, I thought that they were gonna. I thought Ishikawa was gonna pin Suwama. Yeah, which, hey, that would have been fine too. But I mean, yeah, Suzuki took the pin here. Good match, I thought. Yeah. Um, I thought you know Shuji and Suwama did their usual like running into each other stuff, and I thought Hideki and Ren was fun. Like, yeah. I don't know, somehow Hideki knows him. Well, I mean, Hideki's pretty tall himself. But um, trying to get him with holds and everything. Yeah. But they swerved Hideki, us. Public. Hideki is really sneaky tall, I would say. Because you never think of him as a tall guy, but he is yeah, very tall. tall. Yeah. Um, Paul, they swerved us after the match. Yeah. I fully expected this to, like, that we're going to get, like, a turn and, like, a singles match or something out of this. But no. No, they're still friends. Yeah. Better friends probably now than they were beforehand at the start of the tournament. He tried to carry Suwaba out on his back. <laughs> I, uh, you should have. Well, actually, no, you can't even make that joke anymore because Nakajima is literally the Triple Crown champion and he's doing yeah. really well. <laughs> it's funny. Well, after yeah. that fall, I thought that they were going to get into a fight, but no. 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 I mean, maybe they will still like fall apart or not. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, for now, that that team's. Stay- I mean, I like that team actually. So not- look, I have to say, I still think that first that match the first night was bad, <laughs> but the stories went in a perfectly good direction. Yeah, it, it's to me, like I said, like I already like like I think with, with hindsight, it's not as bad. Yeah, but. Yeah, it definitely was very frustrating that they did that on the final night. But like, like I said, to me, it makes sense in hindsight why they did it. Yeah. And then uh, Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 1442 with the German suplex hold from Anzai on Rei, eliminating the Saito brothers. Again, this is a very good match. One of, you know, you could, I'd have to go back and, well, yeah, I don't know which one's better, that or the one against Kento and Yuma, but. These were both the best Seto Brothers matches of the tournament for sure. Yeah, I think I actually like this one more than the Kento and Yuma one. Just like I, I really like that, like when the Kento and Yuma like try to outheal the Saitos, but I also still think the Saitos are at their best when they're just kind of like bad brawling heels essentially. Yeah. And, it, and they kind of just get to do that really well with Honda and Anzai. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because they also can like stand up to them when it comes to that and just. That suplex from Anzai on Ray also looked great too. Yeah. For sure. And then in the main event, Katsuhiro Nakajima and Hokuto Amori defeated Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi in 20 minutes and 30 seconds with the Muso Essen from Omori on Aoyagi. I don't think. Uh, do you think this is the best match of the tournament, Paul? Or do you think yeah. Raw was better? No, no, no. I think this was better. Okay. I mean, this is an incredible match that was up there. Just obviously, like all the Nakajima versus Miyahara stuff is electric, you know, and also the structure of this match is built around giving Omori some shine, even though like Omori got beat down for a while and then made his big comeback and pinned Yuma and everything. So it was constructed perfectly like that. Crowd loved Omori winning. Oh, yeah. I did not expect that at all. Like, I was like, legitimately, when that finished up, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like okay, that that's a big thing because, and then it also became clear that like that's basically, I mean, it just kind of booked both of these tournaments like really well because they at the end of the day they got two young guys over. Yes, the tournaments that is true. Regardless of whatever quibbles I have about some of the late tournament booking, um, 
this was mission accomplished big time. Yeah. You put Dan over, you put Omori over. And I think with Omori, it really only became clear when he got the pin here. Yeah. For sure. Because that's what all of this was building to, was him getting a pin on Aoyagi, which is big. Yeah. So that's a huge moment. And Nakajima respects him now. Mm-hmm. They, Omori tried to slap him, and Nakajima slapped him back. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, uh, Nakajima is the new age Inoki. I, yeah, I know. Uh, Nakajima, I think, offered a title shot to Omori. Yeah. But I'm not totally sure on that. I mean, Omori is a guy that would make a lot of sense as like a title challenger on the yeah. 3rd of January. So, that's the real world tag league. Mm-hmm. Pa- now, I called the. I, mean, I can't say that I knew Nakajima and Omori were winning, but I called them winning like a week ago. It just yeah. felt like it was going that direction. And I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, because once the period got eliminated. And right. Kanto and Yuma winning again was just pointless. Yeah, no, that would that would have been like overdoing it. That would have been like uh which one was it? The last like real world tag league that Violent Giants won, where it's like, okay, like done it so many times. Oh now. yeah, they beat Jake and Dale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's no point to that. No. So once New Period, like I actually was like, okay, if new, once New Period was out, it's like, okay, so then it has to be between like Nakajima Omori or Suwama and Suzuki. Because mm-hmm. I also don't think like that Kanto and Yuma were winning. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about what's coming out of that in one second. But the next show is on December 21st at Shinkiba. It's New Age Chronicle number two. We've got Sego Tachibana, Takuro Nikki, and Takanori Ito versus Kuma Arashi finally returning to All Japan. Jun Tansho and Soma Watanabe. A little Wrestle 1 reunion there. Yeah. I'm happy to see Arashi back. It's yeah. weird to put him on a new age young guy show but but technically it's less than 10 years of experience is that still the case with him that's a good question because he was an early wrestle one trainee i know he is he made his debut in 2015 oh really that's later than i thought yeah he's 32 but uh yeah Mm mm-hmm Less than 10 years experience. And then uh, Ryo Inoue and Issei Otsun Onitsuka versus Takuya Nomura and Fuminori Abe. That's going to rock. Okuto Omori and uh, Takahiro Katori with whatever gimmick he's doing, like a (laughs) dog or something, versus Yushi Ishikawa. Big Japan's Yuki Ishikawa. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the other one is definitely not on that 10 years experience. (laughs) And Renai Abe, Dan Tamara. And Hayato Tamara versus Ayato Yoshida and Kazumasu Yoshida of Big Japan versus the double Iwasaki team of Toa Iwasaki and Koki Iwasaki. And then yes. what I assume is going to be the main event, because they haven't done the match orders yet, Yuma and Atsuki Aoyagi versus Jun and Rei Saito. Yeah, but the Dan match is definitely something that was like booked over like a couple of beers in a pub somewhere, right? Because someone was like, would it be really funny if you just put a bunch of guys with like the same name in, yeah. in, and team them together and put them in a match? Because mm-hmm. it's a booking idea I would come up with a, after a couple of beers in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got December 31st at Yoyogi National Stadium number two. So it'll be Al Lindemann versus Dan Tamara for the PWF 
World Junior Heavyweight title. Shotaro Shino return match. Shotaro Shino and T-Hawk versus Kuroshio Tokyo Japan and Sego Tachibana. And that'll probably be good. Yeah. Is that maybe why they gave them this many points so that Ashino isn't facing like a complete like joke team that just lost a shitload of matches? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I assume Jiro's going to be around. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, uh, but obviously, like, Ashino's. Uh, are you going to the here. DDT show on January 3rd? Uh, January 3rd, I might be. Because it's going because... to be Jiro versus Dino. Hmm. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I was gonna say, does that, does that, uh, does that, does that? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do the all Japan show on that day. And, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see about the DDT show. Then Atsuki Oyagi in Rising Hato versus Yuki Ueno in Toei Kojima, which uh, that should be really good. Yeah. Yep. And then of course Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Kento Miyahara for the Triple Crown. Yeah. And I assume we're going to get like a few more like undercut matches. On this oh, yeah. Level. We've we will, we've only got one, two, three, four matches announced. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of like people on the All Japan roster that are still missing from. Yeah. The they load them up. There'll be like eight to 10 matches, I assume, at the end of this. Yeah. Paul, is Nakajima winning this match? Or is she might be? <laughs> it would be incredibly weird, but maybe he is because I think it's. Like before, and it felt like such a guarantee that he's going to lose here. But I feel like maybe, maybe he's holding. If he's winning here, he's holding the triple crown until after the, uh, the champion carnival. You think that's a wise idea, given his history as the top guy in a company? Okay, here's the thing. I, if you asked me this at the beginning of the year, or not even beginning of the year, but like I don't know, three months ago. I would have said no, but he's been drawing really well in all Japan so far. But is that because everyone just wants to see this match? That's the big question, right? Like, is it just because they want because they want to see this match, and if they don't get the result, that calls of the promotion, or is it? So, like, because we were always like, oh yeah, like I get why Noah doesn't want to push Nakajima anymore because he's just not drawing well. But maybe it was Noah all along that was like holding him back rather than the other sure. way around. Of course. But here's my other question. Hmm? Fans revolt if Nakajima wins. I don't think so because I feel like they're smart enough to know that even if he wins here, Kento is going to get that win eventually. Like, I feel like if Nakajima wins here, then Kento is winning the champion carnival and beating him afterwards. You think that's the wisest idea? To have Kento win the champion carnival? No, I just keeping this rain going. I don't know. I mean, on the other hand, he has a lot of like fresh challengers still, right? Yes. Because he hasn't, like, he's really, like, this is his first title defense. Mm -hmm. So if you want, like, a lot of fresh matches, and he, if he is actually staking around, you know, you can do that. Because with Kento, like, there aren't that many fresh matches. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, hold up. Then it's like, but, like, I feel like, regardless, I think, actually, Nakajima might be sticking around past the Champion Carnival now. Well, yeah, well... 
let's get to these next couple of points. January 2nd, Battle Royal. The annual Battle Royal. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it would be weird if I'm in Japan and I'm missing out on an All Japan Korokan, but this is also cutting it pretty close for me, going from that this show to the Noah show. And Ariaki. Yeah, so mm. I'm I'm gonna have to think about it at the very least. <laughs> so that's all it's been announced on January third, second, January third. President Fukuda has said there's going to be a special assassin challenging for the triple crown. An aerial assassin. Special. Not aerial. No. No. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I know it's not going to be Osprey because like it would be incredibly cool because regardless of who's this was after Jan- if this was after January fourth, I could believe that. Yeah, but not. But before- there's no way Osprey is losing a day before Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's obviously an outsider, I assume. Yeah, but I mean, the who else that, would be president? You, for, oh, like, yeah. So if you look at the the press release that on the website, he's mm-hmm. talking about Nakajima. So it just makes me feel like this is something for Nakajima. Yeah, because he wants to take out the outs. Because why would Fukuda want to take out Kento Miyahara? That doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Unless he's turning into Mr. Fukuda. <laughs> oh, God, no, please. <laughs> um, and then on January 14th for the Masanobu Fuji 50th anniversary show, that's when they're doing the tag title match. And it's yep. going to be Tatsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Omori versus June and Rei Saito. So Nakajima's tier past January 3rd. Yep. So that's really like what made me think that Nakajima, I think, actually has a chance of winning. Now, Nakajima might not appear in New Japan until the new beginning. And once all the Osprey and all the maybe some other foreigners are gone. So that, like that. The, because I was always thinking that he was going to pop up on Dash. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe that Dash is just going to be like more of a goodbye show, essentially. Right. I mean, like actually, Osprey. stopping him from showing up on Dash if he's lost the triple crown really yeah he just can't pop up there if he's the triple crown champion it would yeah, be weird yeah yeah um so i wouldn't rule it out but it certainly brings the result of january or december 31st way more into question yes yes because beforehand i was like 99 percent certain kento is winning now I'm actually more like 60-40. I think I might actually be slowly shifting towards Nakajima being the favorite, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, 60-40 seems reasonable. It just, I don't know. It's weird. Well, it's not weird, but it's just unexpected, I suppose. Yeah. Like like I said, I don't... I, I think that maybe it's a mistake, but you know what? Like, it is also good. I'm also happy if not all Japan is actually taking risks. Because they've yeah. been like very risk averse of like, okay, let's we've done this now. Let's put it back on Miyahara because we know he can draw. Right. And you know what? Maybe it, like I do like if they actually like go and take a risk here and keep it on Nakajima, and then see was the only reason Nakajima was like doing these houses because uh, people wanted to see him versus Kento, or is he actually like a draw now? Yeah. Because I Definitely. think even if like houses go down, 
I don't think they will go down to like the level of like Noah. I mean, if they do, then all Japan is in trouble. But yeah, well, the other things like okay, if you're now kicking the can down the road to after the champion carnival, Shotaro Shino just going to get lost in the shuffle? I mean, to be fair, I think that was always going to happen. Like, as much as it sucks, like, I was always like, well, the moment he got injured after the Champion Carnival, or in the Champion Carnival final, rather, to me, that was always like, well, he missed his moment, essentially. Because that was, like, his chance. And now it's just kind of past him as much as that sucks. I don't, I just think that's the real reality of the situation. Yep. Probably. But that's unfortunate. It It is. It really is because I think he could have, like... I mean, I don't think it would have been a long title reign, right? Because I think it's pretty obvious at this point that, like, Yuma winning it where he won it was always the plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that actually makes me think if it even was the plan for Shino to win against Nagata. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it felt like maybe, like, they were, like, we're going to give you the champion carnival, but we still don't actually see you as a guy that can win the triple crown. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's still going to be a big boost for the company that, that he's back. Yeah. And especially if Nakajima continues his reign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that that's actually... I mean, there's history there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's history there with, like, Ashino and, Mia, uh, and uh, Nakajima from Wrestle 1. Yep, for sure. Because, like, you can build that up as basically, yeah. I mean, last time Nakajima came into a promotion, he took the title of Ashino. Yeah. And also, I think we should mention it as well for Yogi in general. Tickets are flying off the shelves. They are. Like, the, obviously, like, the, the, the like most expensive one has been sold out for a long time now. Uh, special ringside uh, is sold out. Uh, the first floor tickets are sold out. So, yeah, they are. This could be like their biggest crowd in a long time. Uh, without sponsors, too. Yes, without sponsors, too. Yeah, that's I the don't other think thing. Like, they're not selling. doesn't seem like they're tickets. papering. Yeah. Like, this is just legit. Well, technically, like, I believe those tickets are paid for, but people just buy large blocks of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, this is a legit house. This is a legitimately big house for all Japan. Um, Did they break 3,000? I think if they're selling out the last, like, because there's still, like, arena tickets left as well. Like, mm-hmm. the arena B tickets are still left. Yep. So if they sell those out as well, I think they might. Like, if they fill, because they've already filled out the first floor, which is great. Because at that point, like, the only tickets left are, like, the cheapest tickets, essentially. Which they might get, like, a pretty decent walk like because basically if everything else is sold out like they might get like a strong like walk in on essentially for sure definitely um oh yeah and then nakajima came to the press conference dressed like a d'antonio Inoki, <laughs> a red towel over his neck and everything such a big move to do to all japan <laughs> i know i mean he's oh, cooking right now yeah yeah he's really cooking it's 
And that's why I'm also saying like maybe actually having him continue this reign isn't the worst idea. No. Um, but I just got the vibe that he wanted to do all sorts of stuff. And I just find it interesting that he's just settled into all Japan possibly now for a longer term thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows at this point? Yeah. I mean, it could also be like we built all this up and then he just loses to Miyahara. He loses the tag title match on the 14th and then he's in New Japan at like New Beginning in Osaka. Yeah, uh, I think um, waiting to debut him after everyone else has left is not actually a bad idea either. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know how many people are actually leaving. No. But I still think Zach is actually staying because yeah. I haven't seen anything that he's signed anywhere. Yeah. But Osprey for sure. Oh, Osprey, yeah. Osprey, we know it's gone. Oh, we know. But there was always uh, things sur- swirling around all the other foreigners. More than just Zach, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know for sure. I think a bunch of them are going to leave. But I feel like Zach is putting that stuff out there to like get a better deal from New Japan, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, that... like, same same thing Okada's doing. But people are like, oh, is Okada going to go to WWE? No, he just wants more money from New Japan. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe that story has picked up legs. I hate it. <laughs> it. This is one of those moments where it's like you just want to play gatekeeper. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> like, uh, no, no, Okada isn't going. Like, it's also, no, it's not comparable to the Nakamura situation because Nakamura was never the ace. Mm-hmm. This is more like if, if they had, if. Like if WWE at the time where they took Nakamura had poached Tanahashi, that would be comparable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's funny. Um. So that's it. Yeah, that's all Japan. Yeah. Um. Exciting. <laughs> exciting times. Yes, definitely, definitely. I, and again, that show is coming up this month. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, I need to pack. Um, I mean, Paul, is this is our last show of the year. Uh, because I don't know if there's anything to talk about in two weeks. Yeah, that might also get a little bit difficult time-wise. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. I mean, maybe we can fit something in. I don't know. Well, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, it would be the last one for the year, yeah. I mean, if you and John want to record from Japan. Yeah, I actually need yeah. to ask them if they have any plans there to do like a because obviously Naito is going to win in the Dome, right? So that yeah. would be like a prime Omakase opportunity. But I don't, I haven't asked them yet what their plans are. Or if they're bringing like recording equipment or anything like that. And then, yeah. So Yeah, let's uh, talk about this off air. Let's see if we can but yeah, figure but, something out for a while I'm in Japan. <laughs> but uh, so we're probably not going to be back until after the um, All Japan show. Mm-hmm. And we'll record something for that one way or another. Yeah, we, we'll figure out a way. <laughs> Life will find a way. So I hope everyone has a great holiday. Mm-hmm. And if you're traveling to Japan, be safe and enjoy all the shows. Yep, there's plenty of great stuff to see you. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm getting really hyped now. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. So, um, yeah, and uh, it has been an interesting year. Uh, I suppose if we go back to january and now very very different places that these companies are in yeah i mean we expected noah to fall off after the muta retirement right 
Right. But I think they fell off even harder than I expected them to. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't think All Japan was going to get this hot. No. Because, I mean, they were already on, like, an upward trajectory for, like, the first half of the year. But mm-hmm. they really are on fire now, ever since uh, Yuma oh, won the I forgot to say, after this real-world tag league, no question. Kento and Yuma, tag team of the year. I think I, I would still give it to astronauts. You still would give it to astronauts? Yeah. But I think they're close. I'm talking in all of wrestling, too. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm as well. <laughs> I just think that astronaut side of rain has just been like nothing short of phenomenal. Now, you can point to some business for Kento and Yuma that the astronauts have not done. Oh, that's a no contest. It's that Kento and, Kento and Yuma smoke. Uh, the astronauts when it comes to business metrics. Yeah, that, that's not a contest at all. <laughs> yeah. And because the company was going up with them as, you know, doing their tag team stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know. And, like, they're pretty much, like, the most, like, one of the most high-profile tag teams in Japan, I would say, as well. Mm-hmm. And um, is All Japan the promotion of the year? Yes. That that's not a contest. That's just they were already pretty good first half of the year, but the second half of the year just makes that a no contest for me. And uh, Booker, whoever it is, <laughs> whoever whoever is booking all Japan, yes. The and let's not go for like whoever speaks with the foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's not. But whoever that is is also the Booker of the yeah. year. I, I still think it's a committee of like Tsuwama, Ishikawa, Omori, and I think Yuma. Yeah, well, we'll because see. Yuma had that whole thing, right, where he like loudly complained, and yeah. then the booking very noticeably changed after that. So I think yes. he actually has a spot on there now. Yeah, but that's still all speculation. I would like to know. Um, yep. The other company I would even consider giving promotion of the year to is CMLL. Yeah, because uh, everyone else like AEW is like really shit the bet in the second half of the year. Big Japan sneaky. Big Japan is sneaky, definitely. But I mean, I don't know on the other hand, promotion. Their business hasn't exactly changed. Their business is bad. And for example, so on the 30th, there is kind of at the same time, there is a Big Japan Corrigan and a Glee show in uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go to the latter because I like the card more. Well, you can so, see how so. Tamara hopefully wins the title. Yeah, that's that. That's the main thing, and I'm I get to see like Espi Kento and Takuma Fujiwara. So, oh, I totally missed this. Did you know that Kaito and Alejandro are going to be on the Final Gate show? Uh oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, they're challenging for the Twin Gate. Yes, Yuki Yoshioka and Dragon Dia versus Kaito Kimi and Alejandro. I mean, that should be a fun match. It's just weird what? Kaito coming into like. They're gonna lose, right? They're gonna lose, yeah. I know Kaido's not gonna drop the fall, but it still doesn't. I mean, also, did you see the multi man that they booked like Kaito in, where it's like him and a bunch of jobbers versus yep. Okada and yep. Tanahashi and Ishii and yeah, and Yano? <laughs> yeah, I guess since we're on the outsider thing, also, I oh sorry, I watched Mal versus Ray Seto in the Dio. That was actually a pretty good match. I've not gotten to Yuki Onaya versus Ray Saito, but I've heard that it's not bad. Okay. For a big match. So yeah, I might I might have to cut do a bit of a DDT catch up since I I've might just watched at least one of their shows. 
I'm just watching the race side of match. <laughs> <laughs> Learning of DDT through through the lens of race side. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that I'll probably watch the New York Corkin shows, but I'm picking and choosing on DDT still. Yeah, I might actually go to the New Year's like tag show as well because the your yogi show starts pretty early, so you yeah. can actually make that probably. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Well, Paul, enjoy your trip to Japan. I will. And we will talk to all of you in the new year. So have a great holiday. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello. Do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.